0: This is Jay, also known as the Devil's Advocate. Welcome back for the Outcast, the new podcast from AshleyOut.com and London Magpie Group. Today, we're going to be talking to a fan called Bryn, who was at both the Spurs and the recent Wolves game, and we'll reflect back on the season so far, some of the ups, some of the downs, and what's going on in future and going forward for Newcastle United and the London Magpie Group. How you doing, Bryn?
1: I'm fine, thanks.
0: Great. Great to hear from you. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Yeah, well, that's my pleasure.
0: So we're going to start off by talking about the Spurs game. Uh, I'm basing a lot of this on an article from Jonathan Drape Corman, who writes for The Mag. And the style he uses is positives and negatives about the game. The first of which he says, we could have won that game. What do you think about that, Bryn?
1: Yeah, I thought the... Uh the performance was, was really good, you know, the Spurs uh, obviously being know overside, uh, came onto us and uh, applied a lot of pressure but uh seemed to deal with it very well I thought and uh, they looked very well organized. I-, I couldn't really see a weak link in the team. Everybody played played well I thought and uh, and we had decent chances ourselves and uh, I uh, you know, we we we're, we're very unfortunate. Really, not they get something out of the game. I thought,
0: and um, Rondon hit the post, I believe, as well as Perez missing quite a good chance.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then Perez was very unlucky. And uh, I thought that uh, Perez, I, Perez, I like Perez, I do. I think he takes a, a lot of uh, unfair criticism because I think he's one of our players who's uh, who's got a trick and he can, uh, you know, conjure up something. Uh, special when it's needed, I, I really do like him, and, uh, and I think his, his form has been been very good in the last few games as well. He's a, somebody who has a, a role that uh, Rafa instils into him, and he uh, and he plays it to the letter. You know, he's he's always uh, working hard across the pitch, and sometimes it's it's what they do off the ball. I think I think as well. that's important, uh, players. You know, and he's he's obviously a, a key player for for Rafa. And as I say, he conjure something up as well, something special. Now, look, you're not scoring that game. Oh, I thought against Spurs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And I saw the uh, the new fullback. Uh, he came on as well for a brief cameo, and he seemed. Bareca. He seemed, you know, very lively and keen, but uh, it was too short a time to really uh, get a good opinion of him.
0: I suppose we're yet to see him being used more often.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it does yeah. We've got, we need a we need we need a a bigger squad. I think I think it's you know it's quite small. The squad is really and when uh, when you get well, best they're 11, they're, they're, they're okay. I think, but uh, as soon as you start, I mean to dig deep and and oh and of course uh, I, I, I shouldn't miss uh, the other gem of that the, the game who seems to be improving every game is uh, Longstaff. What a what a lad he's uh, turning out to be. I think he's uh, one of the first names on the team chief now. He was excellent at uh, at Spurs, I thought. I've seen uh, Sean now at at the Bachelors game, at the uh, Spurs game and at the Wolves game, and I think he was one of the best players on the pitch. Uh, You know, and that's against some real big international uh, superstar names. He's just growing with confidence with every game he plays. And uh, he looks to me to have, have everything. The lad's uh, big and strong and powerful. He, he's, he can uh, he can mix it up. He can he can tackle. He, he covers a lot of ground. His uh, his passing range is good, uh, whether short or long. You know he can he can do the tippy tappy stuff and he can also carry his head up and and sweep a, lot, a long range pass to put somebody in. I, I think I mean this is this is a real uh, compliment. I've seen. A, I mean, I'm I'm in my 60s. I've seen a lot of uh, good midfield players, and I, and I think we might have another like Brian Watson. on our hands there with Joe uh, Longstamp. And that's praise indeed. Hopefully, he won't have the injury problems that he had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like him. He's I think he's a great lad, and uh, and let's just hope we can keep him and build on him and not uh, cash in on him like our uh, owner seems to like to do when he's got the. Uh, somebody who's decent. Build a team around it, somebody like that rather than uh, try and make a fast book.
0: That seems a constant worry, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, we, we should uh, get uh, people like that and and uh, and 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 add into the, the squad, not to uh, use them to, to cash in on, you know, as we've done in uh, well for years and years and I as long as I remember we've always done that. Yeah. I remember Kevin Keegan saying uh that we'd uh, you know we are never gonna be a nursery club for smaller clubs. That was one of the things that always stuck in my mind that uh, Kevin King Kev said and uh alas it was uh you know abandoned when uh, when he left us and uh, it, it would be nice to have seen that uh as a philosophy carried from,
0: it was his birthday this week, of course, and Valentine's Day. So we'll be glad to give him a mention. Happy birthday, Kev! Happy Valentine's Day!
1: <laughs> yeah, well, John, he's only he's he's only a youngster, so he's got his best years ahead ahead of him, and he can only improve. And uh, he does. He seems to getting better every game because his his confidence builds, and he he feels as though he belongs in the team now, and he he, certainly, and he does, certainly does.
0: We also have some quite senior players to come back. So, do you think that's going to change the dynamic when Key, Shelby, and Diarmé come back into the fold as they are?
1: Well, well, you need you need more players. You know, you know. I mean, I remember when we, we played Manchester City uh, a, a, a few weeks ago. We uh, we looked as though we'd got a, like a skeleton squad to put out, and uh, I mean, that was just the most unbelievably good result. But uh, nobody expected it, but. Uh, yeah, you've got to have a squad, you know, to cover for injuries and things like that, because you're not always going to get the results like that. We have sort of booked the friend there in that game, but uh, yeah, Key, Key's a, a, you know, a proven international player, and uh, Shelby can be a match winner on his own as well when he's uh, when he's on form. But you you know, uh, they're going to have to put some good performances in when they get the chance to to keep. Uh, Young Longstaff out of the team, because uh, obviously he's one of the first uh, names on the team sheet for
0: me now. Yes, it sounds like there's room for improvement, and uh, it looks like the new signings will complement that. With Sean Longstaff, I suppose it remains to be seen, whether he's seen as a prospect or a commodity. But that leads me on nicely to the next aspect of it. Do we, you know, with recruitment, do we rely too much on certain players? And one that was highlighted in the article is Solomon Rondon. So the idea being if we lose Rondon, it's a significant impact. Do we rely on him too much?
1: Well he's uh he's an excellent uh front man. He's he's got the the plan B is always there when you've got him, I think. If you if you're struggling to get out and you, you need to play a long a long ball forward, he's a superb target, man. He'll, uh, he'll win the ball for you and, uh, and hold it up, you know, and bring players in. But what, I like, what I like about Rondon is he's a great, big, powerful lad in the, the old-fashioned sense. He can, uh, you can just knock a ball up to him and he'll hold it up and uh, bring other players into the game and that. Which, uh, sometimes, when you're really under the cush, it it helps to be able to have that option. As well, you know he's uh, he's got a good touch and he can uh, he can use the ball well. You need uh, again it, it goes back to what I was saying. You need uh, strength and depth. You know you need uh, players. You need to, to compete properly. You, I think you need like two players for every position really in the Premier League. You know especially if you're going to uh, have a crack at uh, trying to win trophies and cups and what have you, because we seem to just sort of capitulate. But and the the trophies come around, and it's just all about survival. Getting a team out to finish 17th in the Premier League when you lose somebody in a key uh, position, and you haven't got the strength and depth, and you you, you know you can't go like for like in replacement. And some the, of the the lesser teams, as I would say, you know, the you like Bournemouth and Watford Huddersfield Field, and teams like that, they, they see the be able to invest and have bigger squads than uh, a team like us, which is you know, nonsensical. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. We ought to be able to compete with uh, the likes of them in terms of the quality of squad and size of the squad. It, uh, it, it seems to have just been a, a matter of uh, pinching and trying to just get by and, uh, and survive which is not really good enough. I and mean, it's, it's a little wonder uh, Newcastle supporters uh, complain and, uh, and moan about the, uh, the ownership, you know, it's, it's justified.
0: Miggy, Miggy, Miggy. Just... Almeron. Just love your why broken, you're so... Miggy, Miggy, Miggy. Can't you see? your just, and I just love your why broken, you're
1: so...
0: Well that brings us back to a question that we were asking in the last fortnight at the at Wembley is, is it good enough? Because you're at the Spurs game and the Wolves game, and you also had the chance then to see our record signing in action. So, can you make comment on the Wolves game and also the cameo that was made by Almiron?
1: Well, again, like the Spurs game, we we, we, we seemed to play with good shape and we, uh, we controlled, you know, the the game for long passages, uh, restricted Wolves to, you know, very few chances and. Uh, and when they did get through, uh, Dubravka was excellent in goal. He, uh, not only was he getting in the way of uh, the, the few shots that the Wolves had, but he was—he uh, made them stick and he held on to them. You know, it was an excellent uh, uh, goalkeeping performance. He was—he uh, was very unlucky in the end. And uh, from where I was, I was because we the, the the place the uh, the away fans up the side at Wolves. So we had virtually the whole of one side of the uh, the Steve Bulls stand, as they call it there, and I was down by the corner flag. And so they attacked their north bank. The goal looked like a foul on the goalkeeper to me, which was a shame on Dubravka because he played really well in that game. We, we, we were robbers, really, in the end. We, we should have won that game, I think. And uh, everybody again played really well. You know, the the squad in in general looked. Uh, calm and composed, uh, standouts again were long staff, absolutely excellent, powerful player, breaking up the play, and uh, passing it short and long, and looking really, really confidently, growing into his role, the more he plays, the more does, uh, La had an excellent game, he was uh, he did what he does best, he, he was winning the, all the 50-50s, and uh, being very, very strong in the tackle, and uh it was one of the better games I've seen him play as well. It was very pleasing. The uh the Almiron came on to a you know, a great welcome by the the away support and uh, they were sharing his name and and s- singing his songs about him straight away from the up and uh looked uh, really, really keen and busy and, uh, and and wanting the ball and uh not not frightened to... Uh, you know, go looking for it and, and calling for it, and he, he had quite a lot of touches in the short time he was on, and uh, he got uh, he got fouled uh, with one of his uh, early touches, and it looked like uh, I thought, oh dear me, I hope he's uh, going to get an early injury, but uh, he, he got up again, and so he showed he showed he was durable, and uh, yeah, look he looked he looked sharp. Right.
0: I thought with the blue kit that we had on, he looked like a shaved Sonic the Hedgehog the way he ran around. So much pace! Yeah,
1: definitely. He, he, he really looked shy, looked fast and nippy, and, uh, and 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 he's certainly not shy. He he wanted the ball from the off, you know, which is a good a good a good sign. And the uh, the fans took to him straight away, and uh, called him his name, and uh, a good voice throughout. The fans were actually. The one that got uh, on five minutes in was getting his, uh, his, his refrain, and then again after ten minutes. So uh, he was getting his ears burnt as well, I think.
0: Of course, Mike Ashley was surprisingly in attendance, wasn't he?
1: So I believe he was, yes. Didn't see him, but I'll say something for wolves. Uh, they've got a hell of an atmosphere at their ground. It's uh, The place was rocking you know. It was a good good atmosphere for for those that have probably been a bit like us. They've been, uh, you know, underachieving for a while, and now that they're doing okay, they're getting uh, some uh, good rock of support. And it it just shows you what uh, we would be like ourselves in St. James's Park. We're seventh in the league and doing well, you know. Forget that.
0: It's an interesting observation because a team like Wolves and Wolves have been met with great fanfare on their arrival in the Premier League. So, what's the difference between the way Wolves are going about things to the way Newcastle are?
1: Well, they've uh, they've, they've certainly invested in that squad. They've uh, they've they've spent money, I think, and they've got some some quite good uh, internationals uh, they've added to their the team, you know, and uh, they're playing. Uh, an attractive style of football as well, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the, the sevens in the league are uh, successful and, and uh, it's reflecting in the atmosphere at their ground as well. I mean, we could be like that every week. Well, St. James' Park. would be rocking if we'd had uh, good results and we'd be finishing half league. You know, we've got to put our uh, atmosphere, you know, we'll pack the ground out, but we're watching... Struggles season after season, aren't you, you know, we, uh, I think we finished 10th last year, which is probably one of our better finishes in recent years But uh, really we want to be up there in the, uh, the, the top half every season And the place would be absolutely reverberating to the rafters it would uh, if we were getting uh, something good to watch You know, criminal really, it's a, it's a waste of a, of a massive beam off of a club Anybody who's uh, wanted to make a success of owning a football club, they would say Newcastle is just the perfect raw material to kick on and and do something successful with. It's waiting for the right ownership to take off. And uh, we all know, the ones who belong and support the club, we know it would be a no-brainer. things there
0: You may have noticed there was an article in the Chronicle that was citing the need for a vision that came out today. A vision for the club, some hope, some ambition, the ability for Rafa to control who he buys, who he sells. Um, And we're a long way from that it would seem. So I think the key question that's coming around from social media and other platforms is what's keeping Rafa here?
1: Well, I, I can only assume he's, he's a football man. He's got uh, a task in keeping this team in the top flight, which he's, he's probably determined to do, at least till the end of his contract. He would like to probably take it on and you know to the next level because he's, he, I mean, he's a, a top football man. You know, one of the best names in the in the world for managing football teams, and uh, he's used to excellence and you know the best of the best. So if he was give him the tools, probably to do the job, then uh, I've no doubt he would take us to the top. But uh, he's loved by the fans, and uh, that's probably what all well, that's making him honour his contract really at the moment, because uh, he knows he's he's wanted by the uh, the public, and the, the public at least you know recognise that he's uh, he's making the the best of it of a limited uh, budget. But it remains to be seen, you know, what will happen at the, at the end of the season. We'll have to be given uh, more funds, really, than uh, spending the, the little bit of money that we have so far, because uh, the uh, the TV money's huge, and uh, we haven't really spent a lot, I don't think. There seems to be a bit of a black hole, doesn't there, in terms of the question that
0: everyone's asking is, is where has the money gone? I know that there's been contact with people within Parliament, such as Cheon Wura, who's the Newcastle MP, who has been trying to find out that very fact. Where has where the money gone? Where is, there seems to be a big hole in the finances somewhere? That is linked to the team, isn't it? That's linked to, I guess Rapper is asking that question as well. I'm sure.
1: You know, he's uh, having to, have a, you can't say run the team on a shoestring because it's all, it's all big money, but I mean, it's uh, it's absolutely massive, the, the money that they're getting from these uh, TV contracts now. There's uh, more money than has ever been seen in football ever before. Some of it needs to be spent on the team that goes out on the pitch
0: okay everybody we've come to the end of another successful outcast podcast from ashleyout.com and london magpie group we'd just like to express our sincere thanks to Bryn, who attended the games and gave comment on recent events and also we'd like to extend our thanks to all of you who have commented liked subscribed to this podcast there are much more to come in future and further thanks to anyone who engaged with our valentine's day content uh, the cards that were sent out in the mailers anyone who downloaded the link through there and also liked or commented on any of our posts made on that with social media it's all very helpful in terms of getting the message out there but also putting pressure however minimal on the various negative influences at the club If you'd like to get in touch with us further, you can access all our social media channels such as at London Magpies on Twitter and at London Magpie Group on Facebook. And we also have a growing YouTube presence in London Magpie Group and you can contact us via there at LondonMagpieTube at gmail.com. There's been a recent video added which covers all the things that we've done from the start in 2018 through to now and hopefully that will give you an overview if you haven't already of what's going on with London Magpie Group and Ashley Out going forward. So do please check that out and keep an eye out for all other content including further podcasts from the groups. And for now from me and the group it's over and Ashley Out.